When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at even a bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. It called action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. (laughs) And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 205 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing there, out there? Hump day Wednesday, middle of the week. What do we got going on today, kids? Well, I have a very special guest today. Uh, it's third time. It's the hat trick. Curtis, the Cowboy Swanson, is on the show today. And he, of course, is uh, a competitor in the upcoming May 21st uh, hockey fight tournament called Ice Wars that is being hosted in Edmonton, Alberta. It is on pay-per-view on Fight TV. Uh, it is an eight-man tournament. Uh, much like the Enforcers Tournament back in 2004 and the Ice Warriors Tournament in two, th- I keep, can't remember the name, the year of the Ice Warriors Tournament. It's gotta be 2010, I believe. He was a member and he participated in that one. It was in Finland. Um, but yeah, so if you've been, uh, I don't know, I, I'm sure the, well, regular listeners of this show will, uh, know that I've talked about Ice Wars a few times now. Um, yeah, it is on, like I said, a couple weeks here. And, uh, I wanted to have Curtis on and, uh, just, you know, hear about his preparation and, uh, and what he's doing to get ready and, 
you know, obviously we couldn't go, he's not going to go in too deep with, uh, with his game plan on each versus each opponent or anything like that. So, I mean, we kind of had to keep it fairly, uh, evergreen on that topic. But I mean, uh, oh, just like catching, I just like having Swanee on the show anyway. He's such a good guy. So, um, as you know, we're, have I said uh, many times on social media so far, I'm Team Swanson over here. So, but, uh, Knuckle Busters Limited, that is for all your pipe fitting needs in Grand Prairie, Alberta. Curtis Swanson owned and operated pipe fitting company. Um, but yeah, the cowboy, of course, L and H veteran and, uh, uh, just, a just a good dude. So it was fun to have him on. So, uh, I talked to him for about 20 minutes. So that'll be at the end of the show here that my interview with Curtis. Um, I'm hoping to get, uh, Chase Tippin on the line tomorrow night. He is, he is competing as well in the tournament and just to get his feelings on it. I'd like to have him on, uh, later on after the tournament's done, you know, get a recap, how we felt about the tournament, that type of thing. And, uh, and then just obviously talk about his career. Um, you know, he played in the federal hockey league for a little, it was, it was there, I believe right from the beginnings of the federal hockey league when it was, uh, what was it? The AAHL all American hockey league, I believe something like that. Um, but yeah, he was around for that. So of course, I'm sure he's got some crazy stories. So, uh, definitely want to do a deep dive into his career with him. Um, but I think tomorrow night we'll just kind of keep it about the ice wars thing. Um, hopefully if he's available, um, we're still setting it up, but it should be happening. So that'll be Sunday's show. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I won't talk, I won't talk too long today. Like I said, we got Curtis coming up here at the, at the, at the, uh, at, at the end of the show here. Um, well, at first, I'll just obviously talk about the, you know, we got to keep the lights on here. We got to talk to some sponsors and, and, and friends of the show. But, uh, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. Whatever NHL team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. Well, for some teams, there might not be a show for you, but other ones as the playoffs start here. Um, you know, of course, they'll be busy as the, uh, as the nights, uh, oh, as the nights drag on, as the playoffs go on. Um, they will have, they will be having episodes, so uh, definitely check that out. Of course, for my off-network friends, of course, I got Alec down there in North Carolina at the Five for Fighting podcast. Uh, yeah, and his latest episode, he had John on, former commissioner of the Hockey Fight League, but they were on and they were kind of review the East Coast League and uh, just talk about, uh, you know, kind of the, the tough guy, the main guy, tough guys in that league and, and, uh, and John's been following the league for a few years. Of course, he's a big WHL guy. So obviously a lot of the guys graduated from the Western League up to, uh, from junior up to the East Coast League. So John's familiar with them and, and him and Alec just break it down, you know, glots and, and, uh, and, uh, um, I, I, holy, I was just, I just, new bar. I just like completely drew a blank there. Yeah. I had the brain fart for, yeah, for a couple seconds, but, uh, yeah, no, they talk about all the guys in the league and Travis Howe and et cetera. And, uh, no, it's a good conversation. And like I said, John's a good guy. I like, I always say, I don't like giving Alec too much credit, but I will say the old podcast, Five for Fighting podcast, he's, he, uh, he does it right. He's got a tremendous back catalog. Yablonski, Rob Ray, by Lois. Um, definitely give a show, check it out. If you're on YouTube, the Five for Fighting, uh, YouTube channel, uh, he's been uploading this year's East Coast League fights. Yeah, it's a pretty solid season overall. Uh, Matthew, check in on Matthew Gagnon. Ooh. Uh, 
you will not be disappointed. And I know he's, uh, as soon as he gets some time here, he's going to start putting up, uh, last year's East Coast League fights as well. So we're trying to grow that channel, get him up to a thousand subscribers. So if you're on YouTube, just hit that subscribe button. That would help. Like I said, it's not, it, it might not mean much to you, but it's a big deal to him. So, uh, and it helps him out. So if you could just hit that little subscribe button, boom, away we go. And then of course, Kevin Lazito, we got, uh, why well, I keep wanting to say Broadway Joe Lazito, but he's moved on, moved on and up. He's foo foo now, folks. I'll tell you, yeah, he's bougie like that. Carnegie Hall, Joe Lazito, yeah, fancy. So there you go. I I I always took Joe as more of a Carnegie Deli guy, but no, we we got Carnegie Hall, and uh, and of course Joe has the New York Islander. I think the people at the MSG just got tired of the Islander talk and the fish in the break room. I think that's what happened. But uh, it's Coliseum Chronicles podcast, and uh, I don't know what Joe, what's happening over there with Joe's line. Holy, he's got like three episodes right in a row. Boom, boom, boom. Joe, Joe's on a hot streak. Though he, uh, his latest episode is the New York Islanders season and re- uh, season review, and uh, I'm not going to pick on Joe. That, that's that's a tough review. Uh, it just came out. I noticed it came out today, so I haven't had not. Jeez, English, Darren. Spit it out. I have not had a chance to listen to it yet, but um, I will definitely be uh, having it going in the truck tomorrow. But Joe's got a tremendous back catalog. Mick Fakota, Strudwick, Asham, Bolton, Matt Karkner, on and on. Joe gets it done. Uh, definitely give his back catalog a, 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 looks, a look through. And uh, yeah, Carnegie Hall, Joe, I mean, what more is there to say? He's, just, he's fancy. He's moving up in the world. You know, pretty soon. I don't know. Yeah, he won't be talking to his old friends. He's he'll be uptown, Lazito. There you go. Get rid of Lazito. Coliseum Chronicles. All right, folks. Well, uh, like I said, Curtis Swanson coming up here. Um, so I won't take up too much of your time. I don't have too much to say. I mean, as I said, the you know the playoffs started, and uh, well. The second night here is is going as I'm as I'm recording. Of course, last night, you know, the, oh, the hockey world exploded as the Toronto Maple Leafs won their opening round game, game one, five nothing. So of course, the parade route is being planned. They're roping it off as we speak. Um, yeah, I laugh. Oh, it's just I love it. Hockey. Ed, this this is on hockey Twitter, like on social media. This is just like the stupidest time of year is right now. You know, you think regular season's stupid. Oh, playoffs just gets amped up by t- it's like Spinal Tap goes to eleven. Yeah, eesh. But um, I well, I noticed so the Leafs had a little bit of a scrum and everything, and there was a bit of a fight. And of course, old Pat Maroon there uh, in the scrum has Morgan Riley, and he just starts throwing bo- starts throwing hands on him, starts feeding Morgan Riley. I said, "Oh, he's not smart. He'll throw punches when it's someone that can't fight." Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, talk about getting heat. Yeah, Maroon, and I don't have a problem with Pat Maroon. I'm indifferent on Pat Maroon. I could give a shit either way, to be honest. But um, I just found it kind of funny that. The last time, of course, he played Toronto, what was a couple episodes ago, we talked about how he, 
uh, held on to Simmons and laughed at him through the whole fight, didn't throw any punches after mouthing off for 10 minutes on the bench at each other. Um, you know, and Maroon's done that a lot lately, just holding on and smiling at the guy and laughing and just treating it like it's a big joke. But of course, as soon as, you know, Morgan Riley has him in the scrum, oh, all of a sudden we're going to, we're going to throw hands like we're Ken Tasker all of a sudden. So, and I mean, I'm not saying Pat Maroon's a pussy or anything. I'm never, I wouldn't say that. Of course he isn't, but, and, and I know what he's doing, but it's like, and I don't play, hey, whatever, you're in a scrum, just playoffs. Yeah, be chum, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it just struck me funny. But, of course, I, I had to make the little snarky comment on Twitter. Oh, yeah, of course, that just riles up the rubes, right? Yeah, oh, and they're all, of course, I, I laugh all the Leaf fans. Oh, they're all fatty maroon, and they, they're, oh, they're tweeting at player safety and all this is bullshit and all that's bullshit. I noticed none of them were tweeting player safety when Clifford boarded the guy in the first period, though. Yeah, phone must have been on the charger. Yeah, we, I couldn't get to it. I was going to text you, George, but, you know, line was busy. You know, like, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever. I mean, the Clifford hit was, yeah, it was a stupid play. I mean, again, I, I get it. You know, you're, it's playoffs. You're trying to send a message. He's a physical guy, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, was it the most egregious thing I've ever seen? No, but I mean... I think I read that he has a hearing, so I mean he'll obviously be getting a game or two because it's Clifford. I mean, if it had been a you know if it had been Matthews or well, you know, know, Cupcake isn't going to throw a hit, but if it had been a top two line guy, I mean, you know, he wouldn't have got anything. But but it was kind of a kind of a uh, you know I don't I don't know what uh, again. I mean I know what Clifford was trying to do. You're amped up. You're trying to play physical, send a message, but a little overzealous, but. you know, was like I said, was it the crime of the century? You know, I mean, according to hockey Twitter, you know, according to Tampa fans, it was, you know, Leaf fans, like I said, were mysteriously, you know, uh, you know, checking their PVR at that moment. So didn't hear nothing from them about it, you know, but no, it's just in like every fan base is complaining. They're already complaining about the refs and the league has an inform and everything else. And oh God, but it was funny. I had a person, I laugh because he follows Mike. I don't follow him, but he follows me. And, uh, well, he says, you're a whiner. That's all you, I've never seen anybody that whines about hockey Twitter as much as you do. I'm like, whines? I said, well, that's funny. I said, so when, when I point out the obvious ridiculousness of it, that's whining? Oh, yeah. Like, hmm. I always laugh with, with, with these people that, like, they try to, they, they think they're trolling or something. You're calling me a whiner. Oh, yeah. So, the fact that I'm pointing out that grown adults tweeting at player safety and everything is, they're morons and stuff like that makes me a whiner. No, I'm just, I'm the only one telling the truth on that bloody thing. And I'm the only one that's indifferent on it. I know, you you know, but if you want to call it whining... It's like, I was knocking, see, that's the thing. When I, like, shit on hockey fans and stuff, see, the people that actually get it and know what I'm talking about, uh, know who I'm, you know, I am talking, when I shit on hockey fans, I'm not talking about the guy that's, you know, after he's done work, you know, orders pizza, grabs a six-pack of beer, and he's sitting on the couch yelling, uh, you know, go Leafs. I'm not talking about that guy. I'm talking about the loser that sends 72 texts or tweets uh, in the first period and he's talking about the five on three and we and us and what we need to do and 
breaking it all down and then sending tweets to player safety. When I make fun of hockey fans, that's who I'm making fun of. So figure it out. Learn the difference. Uh, and I always laugh and I said, I don't like, I don't know. Did I strike a nerve? Did you think I was talking to you when I said hockey fans? Is that why you got butthurt about it and set your little troll tweet? Like I said, buddy, you follow me. I don't follow you. So I, I don't know. Uh, it's funny. I don't know if you listen to the show. I found your tweet amusing. Like you don't get it. Really? You can't tell. You, you don't know what I'm doing at this point. You know, I always find it funny, it, not just in hockey, but in anything. Do you notice the uh, fuck your feelings crowd? Always seem to be the one that are always seem to be the ones getting outraged. That's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, am I whining? No, I don't care about hockey. Tw- I don't care about any of this. I'm. I just find it funny. I find it pathetic and funny. Yeah, funny, funnily, funny, pathetic. I don't know. But yeah, but if you want to call it whining, okay, if that makes you feel better, yeah. Me pointing out the idiocy and making fun of grown adults telling, they're telling, tweeting at player safety is like running on the playground and telling the teacher, you know, but me pointing that out is whining. All right. Yeah. Oh, I must, did I strike a nerve 69? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. But hey, thanks for following the account. Fourth Line Voice on Twitter and on Facebook if you're on social media and you're so inclined. Yes, I will be making fun of you all playoff long. So, because like I've always said, folks, for any of the regular listeners, and if you're new to the show, I don't care about any of this. I I am going to be the one podcast that you listen to that is, that is indifferent to all of it. So on like one tweet, I was making fun of the Leafs, and the next tweet, I was making fun of Tampa Bay. So, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me who wins and who loses. So, indifferent folks. But I'm just over here whining. You know how it is. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, like I said, I won't take up too much of your time. Um, we're going to get into Ice Wars here. As I said, for anybody that's tuning in, if if, if you still don't know what's going on, AJ Galante, of course, of Danbury Trashers fame, if you have watched the, the crime and punishment documentary on Netflix about the Trashers, you know who AJ Galante is. Well, he is starting up a hockey fight tournament, reliving the, uh, I guess might be maybe rebranding, rebringing, uh, blowing the dust off an old model, the hockey enforcers tournament that was in Prince George in 2004. And then there was another ice warriors tournament, as I said, in 2010 in Finland, um, while AJ is bringing that back, it's the 2022 version of that. And it's going to be an eight man fight tournament where, uh, they're on skates. Um, and, uh, they wear MMA gloves and helmets. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a hockey fight tournament. And, uh, there's eight guys in it. Uh, Curtis Swanson, Chase Tippin, Justin Sawyer, Daniel Amesbury, Hunter Warner, uh, Corey Allen. Those are the six names I know of. I'm not sure of the other two. Um, I have a, I kind of think I know, but I'm not, I haven't confirmed them yet, so I don't want to throw out names out there without having confirmation. But those are the six out of the eight so far. And, um, yeah. And, and like I said, it's going to be a, a one night tournament. It's in Edmonton at the, uh, River Cree Casino. 
Um, they have a number of rinks and stuff there. Um, nice place. Been there a few, <laughs> lost some money there a few times in Edmonton. And, um, yeah, and it's also going to be on pay-per-view on Fight TV. It's going to be $20. Like I said, it's on May 21st. Um, so if you, obviously, if you're not, if you're in the Edmonton area, definitely, uh, buy, get your tickets and head over. Uh, and if, if not, hopefully you get on pay-per-view. It's, hey, it's 20 bucks. Everybody can afford, everybody listening can afford 20 bucks. Get a few of the boys together, have some beers. And I mean, it'll be a spectacle, right? How many times are you going to see a fight tournament on, you know? So, uh. Yeah, and uh, so it'll be interesting, and, and like I said, uh, hopefully in the next couple days here, um, you know, I have Curtis on tonight, hopefully I can interview uh, Chase tomorrow, Chase Tippin tomorrow night, uh, so that'll be part of my Sunday episode. Um, I have reached out to a couple of the other competitors, and uh, we'll see if I can get them on, and uh, you know, we'll just catch their feelings on things, and uh, and, and what they're doing to prepare, and and, uh, and that type of thing. So hopefully you guys will get out and support the event. I think it'll be pretty interesting. If anything, it'll be, uh, you know, like I said, something unique and, and different to, uh, to the hockey world, right? That, that should get a few folks fired up. Oh, the media is going to have a heyday with this thing. But, uh, yeah. Cause I can remember them shitting them on. I can remember them shitting all over it in 2004. Oh, I could imagine 2022, you know. Like I said, hockey Twitter's crying about what Pat Maroon did last night. Ooh, wait until they get it. Wait until they see this fight tournament. But um, yeah, all right, guys. Um, like I said, I will. I won't talk too long tonight. Like I said, we got we got Swanee coming up here, so let's get to Curtis. And uh, hey, for those of you guys, like I said, you're on social media, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, oh, that's the other little piece of business I have to throw out there. I don't know how much longer I'm going to have a YouTube channel for as I have gotten an, I got an email from the YouTube team and, uh, so far they have shut down the monetization of my site first, uh, with a number of, uh, not copyright restrictions. I can't remember how their wording went, but, uh, yeah, so I've lost the monetization of my site, which sucks. Uh, cause yeah, you know, it won't lay a couple hundred a month. What the hell? Um, you know, whatever. I mean, it's not, uh, that's not going to make me, you know, shut my site off or anything, but it was a nice little side hustle as the kids say. But, um, I don't want to lose the site cause like there's 2,700 some videos on there. So I definitely don't want that, uh, those to go away, but apparently they're having issues with some of the violent tendencies or violent nature of some of my videos. It's like, really? Hockey fight? Me, you know, all the other stuff that's on YouTube and we're worried about a hockey fights. So, all right. Uh, so yeah, I just got the email. I just read it a couple hours ago and, uh, and then ate supper and did shop, grocery shopping and stuff. So I haven't had a lot of time to look into it. So, but nonetheless, um, yeah, the channel is in, uh, well, the channel's still there and you still watch everything and whatever, but, uh, yeah, in terms of, uh, uploading stuff and everything, I have, I have not tried anything yet, so I'm not sure on that front where I'm at, but, uh, I'll know more on Sunday. I'll get back to you on Sunday about my YouTube channel, but in the meantime, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Um, yeah. Other than that, um, whatever, uh, platform you were listening to this episode on, could you rate and review my show? It helps me out greatly in the searches. And, uh, yeah, as I always say, download the episode. Please do not stream. I get paid by the download. Um, so that helps me out as well. And, um, yeah, 
as hey, you know, as I said, it's just as a content creator, um, you know, it's it's the little things that help. As I was talking about earlier with Alec, uh, subscribing to his YouTube channel, trying to get him to a thousand subscribers. Same thing with the same thing in this in this case. Um, if you could download my episode, not only to obviously the the monetary value of it, but um, it also helps out in the analytics. And I can just see you just see who's listening, who's not listening. You know what's working, what's not, what areas, um, where it's being listened to, what platform it's on, and all that type of thing. So there's a bunch of things that it helps out with. And uh, yeah, so that would be greatly appreciated. Like I said, guys, it's when you. When you're a creator, not only on YouTube and the podcast land here, um, it's the little things that 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 help that help us out, and uh, it would be greatly appreciated if you guys could do that. And uh, I want to thank everybody who took the time that takes the time to listen. And uh, like I said, I know there's eight million billion podcasts out there to listen to, and uh, the fact that you chose this one to listen to, I, uh, you know, and seriously though, I, I mean, I laugh and joke around. We have we have fun here but uh and seriously though i do appreciate uh you guys listening um means a lot and uh yeah guys uh let's get at it tired of listening to me ramble let's listen to the cowboy here we go here's my talk with curtis swanson i'll talk to you guys on sunday thanks everybody all right here on the fourth line voice on the line i think this is your third time on the show here but well, we got one of the one of the contestants for the Ice Wars here on May twenty first in Edmonton, Curtis Swanson. Swanee, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. Thanks, man, for uh, for coming on the show again. Um, well, here we are. You're a couple weeks out. How how are we feeling for the big event here? Oh, I'm feeling really good. I've been training pretty steady at Champions Boxing in town here, and the hands are flowing about as good as they ever have. I might be in better shape than when I played because I never took it quite this seriously. I had a few good stretches of training during my playing career, but I liked to have too much fun when I was younger. <laughs> well, it's two fights and then some beers, right? That was the whole deal. That was what it was all about back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I definitely did that yeah. a lot of the time. I mean, must have been probably third of the games I played, I was out two fights and relaxing in the stands, having a few cold ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, going into this, how, uh, I know you've been doing some boxing. How long have you been doing boxing for? Cause you've actually lost a lot of weight and stuff with, this is like way before this tournament was even thought of. You were into the boxing and stuff, right? Yeah. Well, I kind of let myself go as I built my business supervising. You become less and less active and on the tools, everything else. So I got up to like 335 pounds. Yeah. Kind of hit that breaking point last June there. I had COVID, got locked up in my apartment at the time and went a little stir crazy coming out of it. Got back into the gym, started going to the boxing club steady and sitting at 255 now and I can skip for five, ten minutes, do things that I definitely couldn't have just a year ago. Oh, boy, no, that's tremendous. Um, get, getting into the boxing ring, had you, uh, back in your LNH and your playing days and stuff, did you ever box before? Um, after my, I can't remember if it was my second season in Laval or first season in Tatford, 
think it was the second season in Laval. I trained to do some boxing in the summer for a few months. Was hoping to get into one of the galas they put on with the tough guys, but by the time I felt I was in good enough shape boxing, the galas were done, and it definitely helped me when I came back that first year in Tedford. I was doing quite well until I caught an unfortunate punch in the nose and had to sit out for two weeks with the broken schnoz. Who caught you? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesse Grenier. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There, that, there's it's an old actually L- a pretty. I was going to say, there's an old a pretty L- funny fight to watch, too. Yeah, and Jesse was solid. Like, yeah. we played together a couple years before, and we squared off. He got a hold of my a cuff of my right hand, and I got stuck in my jersey. And as I worked it out, got it out the bottom of the jersey, came out over the top, hit him with two or three, and he just stopped. He's like, Swanee, you're bleeding pretty bad. I opened up my mouth. I just felt the warmth coming in from the inside and outside. I'm just like, that's not good. He said, you want to stop? I'm like, yeah, okay, we can stop. Skated off the ice, and she was crooked in two places, kind of shoehorned, and got surgery the next day. And there goes the modeling career. Yeah. How many times did you have your nose broken in your career? Is that it? Just the once? Uh, That was it it for a bad break. I mean, I didn't have a ton of bloody noses or anything actually during my career i mean you get the occasional one and this and that but for the most part i was quite fortunate i actually getting into heavy sparring last october i've never bled so much fighting as what i did sparring and boxing just not moving your head off center line which is a bad habit for a guy who's used to grabbing a jersey Yep. And just kind of feeling the punches and then moving. I ate a lot of punches learning how to spar. <laughs> uh, you're like, and I still take way more than a boxer should. <laughs> yeah, you, you've watched the Rocky movies too many times. Yeah, Rocky just takes yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Stupid stubborn. <laughs> What's been the, uh, like, in terms of the boxing here and, and kind of... Uh, 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 go, going into the well, well, we'll focus now on the like going into the event, which you've you've been in this situation before. Of course, you were in the Ice Warriors tournament in Finland, so you are familiar with a fight tournament, so to speak. Um, what uh, this time going into it compared to last time? What do you think you're? What do you think you're better at this time? Well, this time I'll definitely be a little bit better off with my hand speed and little things like that from the continuous boxing training. I did do a little bit of boxing training, but nothing to this level before the one in Finland. I just kind of went to the gym and got some workouts in. Yeah. So in that aspect, it'll really help. I think I got pretty good cardio right now. I've been doing some drills where you just throw for a minute straight, try to simulate those one-minute rounds, and been simulating probably nine rounds minimum a night just doing the one-arm punches and so i should be ready for six one minute rounds to throw on there you go did is there anything in your boxing that like once you entered the tournament you knew you were going to be in this and everything else did you do anything have you altered your training at all to make it more hockey fight like or have you just sort of stuck to boxing i've been kind of mixing in some more hockey like stuff where i'll take a set of hand wraps, put it around the bag and 
use that as a handle as if it was a jersey to yeah, yeah. throw with my right or left or shadow boxing. I've got a the top rope at our ring. If I step outside of it, it's about shoulder height. So you grab onto that as if it's a jersey and throw shadow punches or weighted punches, elastic band punches, different techniques just to kind of more simulate simulate having that one arm out and punching from that angle. I think I've cleaned up my punches, whereas when I was younger, I just kind of threw from any angle I could to try to connect with the head, whereas now I've got straighter punches and probably a fair bit more power, I'm hoping. Yeah, that, um, well, I know you've, uh, you know, have you, obviously you know who's in it and stuff, and you've you've looked up the names. Uh, Have you been doing, have you been spending some, uh, some late nights on YouTube, checking out the competition? Well, I've definitely watched most of the guys' fights, and, I mean, there's definitely some dangerous fellas in this tournament. There's no denying that. I mean, nobody's quite had my fight card, but in the eras that most of the other guys have played, they didn't have the opportunity to either, so yeah, it's kind of an unfair comparison. But yeah, well, cause I'm you're, definitely because you're the only Quebec far from guy, the right? biggest guy in this tournament. Yeah, I'm the only. Actually, I think I'm the only Quebec guy so far. I'm yeah. hoping that they end up picking up another guy from out there, but we'll have to wait and see who they all release. Yeah, because right now, um, yeah, you know, well, we're not talking out of school because these guys have announced that they've they've uh, they've gone in that they're or they're entered in the tournament. So yourself, uh, Chase Tippin. Um, Daniel Amesbury, uh, Justin Sawyer, and uh, who's the other one I'm thinking of? The Minnesota kid. What's his name? Um, Hunter, Hunter Warner. Uh, Warner. Hunter Warner. Yeah. He was in the American Hockey League there for a while. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's some, uh, you know, I mean, like you said, I mean, Tippin and Amesbury and them have, uh, and Sawyer, you know, obviously all have uh, pretty lengthy fight cards experience-wise. Um yeah, is there, uh, well, I don't want to, we won't throw out your game plans or anything like that, which are, uh, but what, what have you been seeing from these guys so far? Is there anything that's uh, kind of standing out to you? Well, the one thing that stands out is I'm the second smallest guy announced in this tournament, which is not unusual being only six foot two, six three. Yeah, but, that, that, but, well, that, but that's pretty wild, though, because it's not like you're a small dude. You're not. You know, at 6'2", 250, I mean, that's not a small human. And, yeah. So, I, who's, oh, I guess Amesbury would be the smallest, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I think he's right at 225. Yeah, and I think he's like six. Ish, anyway. Six feet, six one, yeah. Six feet even. Yeah, yeah. So... But, I mean, size isn't anything. You, you look at what Morasti and Bosse did over the years at 5'9", and 5'10", 5'11", and if you can throw, you can throw. And yep. the other thing I've always said is it doesn't matter how hard you throw if you're throwing with a glass chin. That's true. Because you just need to get caught once. No, absolutely. And, uh, well, is there, like like I said, you were in the tournament in Finland and anything. Um what? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to like th- make it, like I'm not trying to ask you all your secrets here. I don't want you to throw out your game plan or anything, but just kind of going into it, what did, what would you change up from your previous experience? Like, what do you know now? Now, going uh, before, 
I would have definitely trained better for the one in Finland. I mean, going up against Barker in the final, I think I showed well. I think I came on strong. He caught me with one that it riled me pretty good. He caught me with one right on the temple, and I fought through it for the second round and the second half of the first round started to come back to my wits in the third round, but by then it was too late to get the decision. Yeah. Yeah, like I can't I, really say I have any regrets about that tournament. I mean, there's like anything. You look back, there are things you could have done better. I mean, I wouldn't have necessarily switched to a full left stance against him because that's never been my bread and butter. Yeah. But overall, I thought that was a wicked experience, and I showed really well in those fights. Yeah, you did. And I'm hoping to do the same in this year tournament. Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, yeah, and it's just from you know from from watching it and stuff, and uh, watching the the old the old four tournament, the hockey enforcer one where uh, Dean Mayrad won um, with Segroy and those guys that rushed in, and and it, it just seemed like um, I think the game plan would sort of be, I mean, if anything, especially with judges and stuff, it's more uh, you just you try to just stay busy instead of like you know in a hockey fight where you can kind of you're setting up for maybe the big one. I mean, in this, it's almost like you just want to stay busy, I think. Yeah, it's a sprint. I mean, you're starting the chainsaw. It's not a thinking man's game nearly as much as a boxing match. So in that regard, you want to land as many as you can as fast as you can. Guys are going to be more offensive because you're showing yourself to the judges. You're also not fighting for that next fight. I'm not fighting... 50, 60 times in a season. Next weekend, I don't have to go out and take on the two heavyweights from the other team. So that's a completely different mentality, too. Like, I fought relatively defensive in Quebec because I was doing it three times a weekend. And I was doing it three times a weekend after that. Like, you're not... I wasn't built to just go wide open three times a weekend. I mean, going wide open one weekend for three times... I can handle that. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, so it's a completely different mindset being a one-night tournament, too. Yeah, I never thought of that, actually. Yeah. Now, yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, well, that's, yeah. So that's interesting, yeah, when you brought up your the, the Parker fight there in the Finland tournament. Yeah, you did set up left hand. What was your, like, were you just trying to throw him off? Like, what was your... game plan going into that like well i just switched to left because i didn't feel my right was really getting it done at that point i wanted to change things now i've got other ideas on ways to change things now and yeah i just felt like i could sneak a few good ones in there and i don't think it worked out terribly for me but i ended up losing my balance once i did that full stance switch yeah are you are you more confident with your left? I would assume you're more confident with the left now, obviously, after boxing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely more confident with the left. I mean, it's a weapon, and you just use, use it as you see fit. Yeah. I mean, I'm still a right-hand dominant fighter. Anyone in this tournament who's done any homework already knows that. Yeah. But the left is definitely a much better weapon than it ever has been. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it, um, 
Oh, hold on. Okay, and for those uh, for those listening right now that haven't seen these tournaments, well, one, go to the ho- go to my YouTube channel, look up Hockey Enforcers Tournament, then you'll get an idea of what you're looking at here from 2004. But you have to fight with MMA gloves on. Did you have a pro- did you have a problem fighting with those? Like with the grab? No, I didn't really notice notice them too much. I mean, I can't say I did much grappling in Finland. I think I through pretty open for the most part but you can even see when me and parker are fighting especially well even the madsen fight i ripped his jersey in half so i had a good hold of it yeah yeah um those were the clamshell style gloves whereas i think we're going with proper open finger gloves for this event they're both quite similar and i'm pretty sure the gloves won't be a big deterrent i do have uh set MMA gloves that I've played around with and held the jersey on a dummy and they don't affect you too much. No. And we don't want Darren Langdon doing the old seatbelt two or three punches in this tournament, although he was a phenomenal fighter at doing that and made a hell of a career. And I have seen him go open. He could throw. Yeah. But yeah, but like you said, yeah, doing that and you know, fighting, yeah, that's a, when you're, when you're getting judged, yeah, it's a completely different mindset, like you said, with technique wise, it's, uh, you kind of got to get in and, and do your thing and get out, uh, setting people up for the big one isn't gonna, isn't gonna cut it when it's a judged fight, that's for sure. Yeah, like this year tournament, I mean, it's basically bread and butter for how Morasti used to fight. Exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, bar none, he's gonna get fight of the night most entertaining guy and that's what the judges are going to notice so if you're trying to emulate anyone to score points that'd be the guy you're trying to emulate yeah but that's a special set of skills there oh yeah i mean there wasn't too many guys like that that's for sure and uh and i mean and not only like you said could can throw like that but can take you gotta you gotta be able to take it too right and he could take it too so yeah, it's one thing like oh, you said, yeah. to throw it wide open. But well, I was gonna say, well, we'll get off the tournament thing here just for a sec because I know you fought Morasti a couple times. Um, how was that? Like, how was it? Was it hard to kind of wrangle him in? Like, like I said, you're, it's kind of a styles clash with you two. Uh, we did a little bit. I always enjoyed fighting Morasti. I mean. They weren't quite as wide open as a lot of his fights, but he would throw less with my rights. Yeah. And I felt confident with my rights versus his left. And I think pretty much all of them ended up standing. I think one, a couple of them ended up jerseying me because I did get in tight at times or stop for a break because he had way better endurance than I did back then. It'd be entertaining to try to do it when I actually if I actually took things serious to a proper level back then but live and learn I just I just find it so amusing that you're fighting Morasti and Bosse and Terrio and all this and you're just not really taking it that serious it's just it just sounds amusing when you say it I know this because I don't remember you back then I remember you from <laughs> back then and hanging out you know talking and talking with Kurt and all them and I know I know what you're saying is true. It just sounds so funny how you say it, you know. But yeah, like, don't kid yourself. I took the fight serious. I watched video. I oh, trained I in the gym a bit, but yeah. by no means to the level a professional athlete should. 
I'll be the first to admit that. Like, I could have done a lot of things differently and better. But in all honesty, even if I did, the odds of me getting a call up in that day and age was pretty slim to know to move on from the L and H because I had a super limited skill set in hockey all the way through. Yeah, it was just like you said, just with the amount, just with the killers that were in that league at that time. It was um, I can't remember who was I talking to the other day. It might have been Alec, but we were just kind of. We're just kind of talking about that time frame. It was Alec that I was talking to. We we're just talking about that time frame when you were there. And you just look at those rosters and the fight cards. It's just like it was just insane back then. Like when you look back at who was on those teams and like teams just five, six, seven guys deep, eight guys deep. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, there was no shortage of people to go with, and I mean. I wasn't even a true number one heavyweight in that league for the most of my career. Like, I was more of a 1B guy. I kind of slid over into that 1B slot because I was a major volume fighter. I'd fight anyone, you put me on the ice, you knew exactly what you're getting. Yeah. Didn't matter who was beside me. But sometimes that works against you because you don't always have. I had a pretty good card, but you end yeah. up mixing in with a lot of uh, up and down. Yeah. Whereas I didn't quite intimidate enough to steer clear the really, the number threes. They'd still challenge me. Was there, was there anybody that when you were, that like kept you up at night? Like you knew the next day it was like, oh shit. Like, like you knew you were going to do it, but it, but it was just like this, this might end real bad. I don't know. I never really got that anxious or even just talking to another guy at the boxing gym. And, you know, you get nervous before a fight occasionally. And, I mean, the only time that I really struggled with the mental game was when my coaches didn't believe in me. Yeah. Or you got that feeling from your inner team. Like, my last year in Tedford there when they're telling me not to fight Bosse. Yeah. And that's the worst thing you can do to a fighter is tell him, like, hey, don't fight him. you got to be really careful. He's been hurting people, this and that. Now, all of a sudden, going to the game, I'm completely fine. Like, I know Bosse is dangerous. I know he could hurt me. But then when you have your own team, just your coach is basically telling you, whatever you do, don't fight him. And then I told him, you put me back on the ice against him, I'm fighting him. I'm not being embarrassed like this. And then he's telling you, well, be really careful and this and that. And I mean, Bossy probably would have beat me regardless, but I'd like to think I would have shown better if I had that confident mindset going into it instead of just the uh, little mind game you end up playing with yourself. Well, as, well, as soon as you have, yeah, as soon as you start getting having seeds of doubt getting planted in your head from people, and it's like, yeah, okay, well, thanks, boys, Jesus, you know, like, yeah, no, that, that would be very frustrating. Um, yeah, because I still think my best year by far was my second year in Laval, and I had Kurt coaching me, Kurt Walston, and he never told me to go after anyone. He never said anything. He just he put me on the ice. He knew what I was going to do, and he told me, yeah, you got this. It wasn't any big thing, but you just felt you had that confidence behind you where he was putting you in a situation because he believed you could succeed. 
Yeah. Whereas you get some other coaches that haven't fought, haven't done it, and they don't understand stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and like you said, especially in that league, I mean, holy, yeah. I mean, yeah. Man, what a, yeah, what a wild time. Yeah. Just a complete, like... I'm glad I didn't really know too much when I got to that league because that probably saved me because the first year I took my lumps, but... I was definitely out class coming from Junior B stepping in there. Well, at 19 or whatever, turning 20, and you're in the, yeah, you're in the LNH at night, you know, right out of Junior B. Like, that's insanity. You know, like, I can't, I still can't believe you did that, actually. But I know talking to Kurt, he couldn't believe you did it either. But, but yeah, but it was just, yeah. Yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't believe I did it, but he sent me over there. <laughs> you know, exactly, yeah. Yeah, well, like you said, if anybody could, it'd be you. Like, you knew, you know, that you could take it, you wouldn't be scared, but it was just like, yeah, I'm, yeah, what, it's quite the leap, you know, from that, you know, and especially at that camp. Yeah, but I went in there not knowing. Like, well, my second fight in the league is against Craig Martin, and all I know is he's a big, strong guy. I don't know that he's had a handful of games in the NHL, and he was a legitimate terror in the A, and... Yeah. All that other stuff. All I knew was he was a big, tough hockey player. Back then, we didn't have YouTube and everything out. It was just on the cusp of it coming out. Yep. So that definitely made things a lot easier for me. Like, if I was to do it now as a 20-year-old, you'd be looking online. You'd be seeing all the damage that these guys have done, and you'd be going, holy crap, what am I in for? <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the old saying, back right? then, it was just going to the office and figure it out. Yeah, what is it? Ignorance is bliss sometimes, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well like I said, I know you're a busy dude. You got training and work, and I, uh, so I won't, I won't keep you here. But uh, I really want to thank you for coming on, and uh, good luck, man. I mean, I, ho- I hope it works out for you. Hopefully, I'll, I can, uh, I'll be down there. And uh, like I said, folks, that... Uh, Team Swanson, we're cheering for you here. So, well, I appreciate. It. I definitely hope to run into you down there, and it should be a great event. I know I'll do everything I can to put on a show. There we go, folks. There you heard it here, uh, Curtis Swanson. There you go, man. Uh, yeah, good luck to you in the tournament, and uh, yeah. Well, if I can't be there in person, like I said I know everybody's going to be tuned into the pay per view anyway on Fight TV, and. Uh, you know, yeah, I know you got a big fan base. I know that. That's for sure. Yeah. Thank you very much, Darren. And it's a pleasure being on here and getting to listen to these podcasts there when I got a long drive. Well, there you I go. I do enjoy I, the show. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I really do. And uh, thanks for taking the time. You bet. Take care, man. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 